0: Hello everybody, Jordan here, the PH is silent, and... This is a special episode of the Saturday Morning D and D Show without me because I was in the hospital with my wife who is giving birth to our son. Uh, very excited. Everybody's doing great. My wife is recovering nicely. The baby is adorable and healthy, so all things are wonderful there. And I want to have a special thank you to our good friend LB Hackamup, who stepped in um, kind of last minute to uh, be a part of the Saturday Morning D and D Show. Felix is crying. Sorry about that. Uh, thank you guys so much again, and I hope you enjoyed this episode and we are live welcome everybody to a wonderful Saturday morning D&D show and as you can see we have a special guest and many of you have heard A lot of the news that Mr. Jordan's family has expanded. So, congratulations to Shannon and Jordan. And when he's back on the show, he will tell us all about his new little D&D player that he's added to his (laughs) D&D party, which would be great. But we're super excited because we have LB Hackam up here, who's a great friend of the show, friend of ours, and Mm -hmm. we decided to invite her on to give us all of her player and dm experience because she's in way more games than probably me and jordan put together at this point so yeah (laughs) (laughs) but just like this is the saturday morning DD show i love to see all those viewers in there we're sorry if you had to come over from youtube jordan usually does the streaming on the youtube uh it will be posted up either later like on sunday or monday so i'll send the file over to jordan and he'll definitely get it up so it will be up on the youtube channel for comments and such but thanks for coming over to the twitch channel Channel It's great. So let's dive right in. This is our show. We're going to talk about news today. So we just talked about Jordan a little bit, and that's awesome. But we also have a bunch of stuff to talk about with D&D. So just to kind of um, lay out what the release dates are for this week. Uh, next week, we're getting Eberron Rising from the Last War, November 19th, a big thing. And we're also getting Dungeons and Dragons versus Rick and Morty box set. Also on the 19th, and I saw a little funny thing in the video where Kate Welch was talking to Nathan Stewart about they're releasing it on the same day, and there's a little competition about which one's <laughs> going to sell, and they kind of <laughs> joked about that. So tell me, LB, what do you think about this Eberron release? Is this a release that you're into, or what do you think about it?
1: I'm excited because my friends are excited about it. Like I'm not, I don't get hugely like deeply into a lot of things, but I do. I'm really excited about the new races and sub races and just being able to explore that aspect of things. And Mm -hmm. the new, I mean, this, this, uh, world isn't new. This, just this system. Right. Right. So uh, I think it's a a really exciting sort of world that you get. It's very different from like, they run and, and that sort of thing. You mm-hmm. have all of the different uh, airships and, and magic usage. And it's. I'm excited to see what it looks like and what mm-hmm. people feel about it and stuff. Mm -hmm. I'm I'm might not pick it up just because I have a lot of books already (laughs) but it definitely I'm definitely hyped to see all the new races and stuff
0: yeah so yeah I think I'm I'm Jordan is the huge Eberron fan of the show and um (laughs) I think I would like to play in it but it's not a book I was thinking about I would probably run as a dungeon master Mm -hmm. I think I would enjoy it as a player I think I could get into it with a good group and it would be great but it wasn't one that I was thinking about running myself I know um the, the way I know LB is that we we have been able to play some games together, not only sitting around a table, which is super cool, but we played a bunch of online games together. And she's currently my DM on a kind of a once-a-month game that we're playing with a bunch of people, which is super cool. And I'm sure she'll talk about that coming up. But when you're looking at a, a Wizards of the Coast book that you're thinking, hey, I want to run this, what's the things that jump out to you? What is the thing that's going to grab you and say, yep, this is the one I want to run?
1: Definitely the setting. like. Yeah. Do I feel like I want to get immersed in this? Like uh, Descend to Avernus and uh, Curse of Strahd. Those are very like dark and and dangerous situations. I, I like the idea of uh, going to this different world, but I also like the idea of staying somewhere that I know. Mm-hmm. So it instead of learning a whole new world, <laughs> that's a <laughs> lot of work. And as yeah. I'm, I don't run usually. I don't run uh, modules. So. Uh, Running uh, Descent to Avernus has really showed me that you really got to be on your game and got to remember a lot of stuff. So Mm -hmm. uh, that's a huge factor for me. (laughs) How much do I have to learn as opposed to I can just kind of make it up? because i know enough
0: yeah yeah so that's definitely the two books that are about to be out the big ramp up for Wizard of the coast this week has been kind of supporting the eberron release which is really mm-hmm. cool there's been a lot of streams that have been starting up people have been running one and three shots um, yeah. on the roll 20 presents and things like that
1: mm-hmm. and
0: they're just kind of getting ready for that and but that kind of ends this year and we're starting to see just a few little hints here and mm-hmm. there about what we're going to get in 2020 which is really cool mm-hmm. so other than that we uh on spoilers and swag they didn't give us any big spoiler though they teased one um i was thinking it would be about one of the books and coming up in 2020 but what mm-hmm. they did tease was the new DD sapphire anniversary dice set by level up dice uh-huh. um, and it's a Nice looking bluish with a sapphire inset um, dice set, uh-huh. which I think if I saw was correct, $300 or something yep. in that range. <laughs> yeah. um, so I know you like your dice. I've seen your big dice pile before. I know when uh-huh. you went to Gen Con, you bought dice um, <laughs> as the dice aficionado of the show. for Because normally Jordans are dice aficionados. So yeah. <laughs> for this morning's dice aficionado, what do you think of the sapphire anniversary dice?
1: I think they're fine. Um, I so I love Lope love Dice. I love the new sets they've just been putting out. The Obsidian stuff looks super cool. Um, these are uh, aluminum and they're they have a, a sapphire laid into it. Um, they're fine. Like they just don't. I think I know they can do better. And I don't know if it was like a Wizards of the Coast. This is what I'm sure that what is what it was. But I I kind of just looked at them and I was like. Well, before I learned how, that it was a real sapphire and that there were $300, I was like, oh, someone just stuck a gem on there. Like, it It's <laughs> not like, if it was for me, if I was going to buy this set of dice, I would have liked it to be, I know weighting's an issue, but like inset, there's some sort of something holding it. It looks like a very simple text. And mm-hmm. I, yeah, so <laughs> I do have a lot of feelings on it. I wish it was more <laughs> like, even if it was like oh this is a commemorative dice set and mm-hmm. you know it's just you're you're not really supposed to use it but there are so many especially even level up dice but like there are so many jewel dice out there like you can get amethyst and mm-hmm. that sort of thing they're for like 80 bucks and they look way better <laughs> Yeah. So that's my opinion. On it.
0: <laughs> and dice are a big thing right now too, because yes. I just watched a Kickstarter that went up over a million and two for a Kickstarter to get mm-hmm. a certain set of dice or certain types of dice. Yeah. And these people really turned into boutique dice makers out there. I mean, everybody's on yeah. Instagram posting how they're making their own dice and how they're doing yeah. it. And it's really become a really cool thing. And I, I think really nice looking dice is fun. Um, mm-hmm. Everybody loves the, the, the feel of the roll, Yeah, you know, and, and I like it, Um, but man, some of them are starting to get expensive and some of them are yeah. definitely getting up there.
1: <laughs> I know that um, spirit of the dice is ones that I really like. They have like animals on them. They're all swirly. They mm-hmm. look really cool. And, they roll really well for me and, and i'm super like suspicious and superstitious about dice but <laughs> but yeah i yeah so i'm i'm i wanted to see more from it
0: mm-hmm. personally yeah i think for a 300 hundred dollar price tag i yeah. i mean i like the blue it's a color that i would typically choose a blue mm-hmm. and a silver which is right up my alley as far as colors i would choose the type of materials um but you know, if it's a if it was a dice set that's sitting somewhere at you know sixty dollars, seventy dollars, yeah. I think it's more palatable. Yeah. Three hundred, you're really looking for something to stand out from all the stuff that's out there because there's so much good stuff out there yeah. that you can buy. You can buy bone carved dice, you can buy yeah. wood dice, you can buy yeah. stone, metal,
1: mm-hmm.
0: whatever type dice. And yeah, there's just so many cool things out there. So yeah (laughs) so that was pretty cool when we did get to see that so you can check that out on the spoilers and swag um Mm -hmm. video if you missed that and you can see i think you can order it now on amazon if you wish um those are out the only other thing i saw that i noticed uh news wise the dragon plus issue number 28 it actually was out a week ago we probably should have talked about it on our last uh show but we didn't mm-hmm. we missed we skipped over it some of the things i saw in there you can just go to dragon plus in your google search and it'll bring it up it actually plays better on your mobile devices the way they formatted it you can mm-hmm. you know swipe to to get to the different pages and you can scroll around and zoom in and you can do a lot of cool things when you're looking at that it's kind of taken over the old dragon i have it sitting here like the old idea of the dragon magazine Yay. back in the day um, they've kind of all gone digital at this point so there's some really good articles in there if you're running a uh, descent into avernus campaign check out this issue because there's a lot of cool monster stuff they did in there there's a lot mm-hmm. of cool maps and there's a lot of cool articles about that whole adventure um and they've kind of still been in that mode i i imagine the next few issues will probably be on eberron as they're usually they lag behind by about a month or so on what's currently yeah. out so yeah um so that's pretty good definitely check that out uh one last thing that i saw that i thought i would bring up for the the news section as we kind of quickly go through this is I saw a tweet from Chris Perkins who said if you like Curse of Strahd I think you're going to love the thing I'm currently working on in 2020 Mm -hmm. so let's start off with this LB are you a Curse of Strahd fan have you gotten to play in that campaign I think you have
1: Yes, I am actually currently playing in a Curse of campaign on Tuesday nights. Um, and I am super excited for this. I've wanted to run it um, for a long time, but uh, I haven't had a home group that is committed so <laughs> soon. Um, and once I'm done with uh, it on the other channel, then I will, yeah, really want to get into it. I, did you see the tweet that was after that?
0: No, what was after it?
1: <laughs> somebody said, somebody tweeted at him, and then he said, uh it was like he was like i'm gonna to just throw it out and then he said it was the best of strad it was the worst of strad <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: that's definitely chris for sure <laughs> i
1: am i am interested to know what's going to happen though because mm-hmm. i've i haven't finished it but mm-hmm. i've heard that a lot of people really didn't like the ending because mm. it's kind of a i mean without spoilers people didn't like it right um but If it's a continuation, then maybe people will get that ending that they really wanted, they really hoped for. So I hope it's something like that where, yes, people can finally go and finish and be uh, appeased by it.
0: Yeah, what I'm curious about is they're working on something that's like Curse of Strahd. And when you think of Curse of Strahd, it kind of sits separate or mm-hmm. not, not separate, but a, a little bit different than say some of the other releases. It's not like a Storm King's Thunder. It's not like mm-hmm. a tomb of annihilation. It's not like a descent into Avernus. It's mm-hmm. definitely sits aside a little bit. So I wonder if that's what it means, or are we going back to the world of Strahd in some way? Um, are we bringing, is it a, a continuation of that adventure? Is it like, it but now we're going to do a different character of that is it going to be like the you know the the raven queen or something so it has similar feels but it's totally different or is it tied in some way so it's definitely a nice tidbit to throw out Mm -hmm. at the end of the year to say oh what are they working for in 2020
1: it it could be a prequel too they have all the lore of you know what happened to well in our in our game shraught is a female so i was gonna say her yeah. what happened to him beforehand yeah. and all that so that would be interesting going into the war and mm-hmm. being part of those lands maybe or know.
0: more Ravenloft because that was a big setting that we had yeah. back in yeah. you know third edition i don't know how much they did in fourth edition about mm-hmm. it chad i'm sure will tell us but yeah could we be going back to that world or that plane yeah. of existence or how does that pocket of exist you know reality fit yeah within yeah. the main Feyrune stuff so it'll definitely be interesting i thought it was a cool little tweet to get thrown out there mm-hmm. and uh because i'm ready for those tidbits of i mean i love everything that got released this year has been mm-hmm. great i can't wait to see what 2020 is going to bring us so that's gonna be really good
1: all the games yeah
0: so it Typically at this point of the show, we jump into what we've sort of been dubbing bardic inspiration. This is our, if we went throughout the whole week and we had some little campaign idea or something mm-hmm. we saw or we read or we interacted with, gave us this idea to maybe, Oh, I could run a campaign that would do this and really gets those creative juices flowing. So we had a couple of them. So I'll let you go with yours. Um, Cause I really liked what you wrote down. So <laughs> over this, this past week, what mm-hmm. was the one thing that you stopped and said, oh, I could run a cool yeah. campaign or adventure on this?
1: Yeah, I, I, so many times a week, I'm like, oh, what can I do? This character would be interesting or whatever. Uh, even today, I had an alternate universe conversation with my friend about, you know, our characters. Well, what if they're, you know, what if, what if it, what if the character switched and, and she was the badass and he was the, the nerdy science dude? So, uh, it happens to me a lot. So mm-hmm. I love this section, but, Uh, I did watch Jordan's video this week about angels Mm. or last week about angels Mm -hmm. and I had a very interesting character idea about playing like a fallen angel an angel that was kicked out by the tribunal Mm -hmm. and has to hide that they have this they don't necessarily have it would be interesting to figure out the mechanics of it but I just really wanted them to be like Sassy about like any time a god thing comes up and they're like yeah they're fine like or like oh yeah the the tribunal they're they're assholes yeah, I mean yeah. they seem like assholes <laughs> it's fine <laughs> like, yeah. so getting that like I love secrets in campaigns so mm-hmm. things can come out and that and that would be a great like oh yeah at the end of the campaign yeah I was I you know used to live there <laughs> what. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so we, we did mistake. that in our um in our Tomb Annihilation campaign. I created a fallen ASMR, mm-hmm. but I told everybody in the campaign that he was human, mm-hmm. and I had the DM had them all do uh perception checks to see if they could figure out that he wasn't. And none of them had made it. I, <laughs> so everybody thought I was a human and I waited and I waited and I waited because there was that <laughs> one moment when I wanted the wings to come out and I wanted the yeah. big celestial you know opening of it mm-hmm. and it finally happened there was a dire fight we were it was looking bad and i and i unleashed the fear and the, the mm-hmm. all the things and it was such a great moment in the campaign and I, and there was also another asmr in the party that didn't know i was an <laughs> asmr so it was just so good oh, um God, it was a really that. fun so i like that idea like you're mm-hmm. saying where the character has something hidden um and in the campaign we played when we originally played i was trying to play a gnome who always gotten mistaken for a boy gnome only because the rough life that they lived in, they oh. had to pretend to be the boy so that nobody yeah. knew that mm-hmm. she was an orphaned girl and would yeah. get picked on more or get targeted more or oh. whatever. So in my mindset, just the backstory of that was, what is that like a little bit? And I just thought it was a really cool idea. So I like that idea of having that little mm-hmm. secret you yeah. know, that you play, whether it comes out or not or you know, in yeah. the campaign, but just, just a Some, fun little idea. Something
1: for you to keep. Yeah. Yourself. So an angel then,
0: campaign would be great. So I could oh see a gosh. lot of things you could do with that. So yeah. That's oh pretty God. cool. So yeah, if all of you that are out there thinking about your campaign ideas, definitely let us know in the comments, like some of the things <laughs> that inspired you. Mine was, well, I happened to like, I don't know how many other millions of people decided to get Disney plus because you know, why, why not? They get all my money anyways, when it's I watch their movies. seven bucks a month.
1: Come on. Yeah. $70 right. a yeah. year. Yeah. It's, yeah. Just, you
0: know, you know my fifth, streaming service that i that i have <laughs> at the moment or something oh, but getting fine. past that right is is uh so i watched mandalorian the new show that's on there and no spoilers about the show but i did like it i did like mm-hmm. the whole idea of it i can't wait to see episode two which i think is out now <clears throat> but it definitely inspired me to sit back and go i wonder what a campaign would be like if you only ran it as bounty hunters and the one thing i liked about this just as a a broad idea was that the idea that you're running a campaign that is basically a bunch of loosely fitting one shots
1: mm-hmm. with
0: plenty of time in between for the characters just to make up whatever they were doing in between as just story narrative stuff. Yeah. yeah. But then they, we, we would come together in a session and say, OK, we've got a bounty. Let's play this session out and go after this bounty. And the second yeah. thing I liked about the idea is that you could do you could play off of you can bring them in dead or alive. But some bounties you have to bring them in alive, so you can yeah. really make sure to challenge those parties and mm-hmm. say, "Here, here's the restrictions for this one. Go figure out if you can do it." So,
1: yeah, I really like awesome. that idea. of, Yeah,
0: I've been thinking about it all week, and I was like, "I really want to run it." Uh, and every week I have this new idea of yeah, a campaign yeah. I want to run, and <laughs> just never yeah. have the time. So, so uh, that was my cool does.
1: idea. That's awesome. Yeah, no. Uh-huh. I think it's, it reminded me of Firefly a little bit.
0: Yeah, that was, yeah, yeah. that could easily be a Firefly yeah. type campaign where you just get a job to do something and something happens, shenanigans yeah. happen. Yeah. yeah. But it's like one inclusive thing. It doesn't have to be we right. end and we pick right up right there again, you know, yeah. like we do in yeah. a lot of our campaigns.
1: So. Yeah. No, I like that. That's a very, like, Monster of the Week is that way a lot. Mm-hmm. If you, if your DM can, like, actually contain everything into, you know, one monster one week, but. Yeah, no, that sounds like a lot of fun. (laughs) And then like characters can have fights in between and their whole dynamic changes from week to week or like something awkward happened and they just don't want to look at each other. Like, I'm here for it. I like it.
0: so since we have that's our bardic inspiration so all of you that have some ideas or you had your own bardic inspiration you want to share it with the community go ahead and put it in whatever cool idea you thought you had for a a one shot or a campaign Mm -hmm. idea you know just one little single thread that somebody can take and just run with it and do all kinds of cool stuff definitely let us know in the comments or in chat too i'm seeing a lot of people in typing in chat and a lot of cool all of our our fans out there putting some good cool stuff in, so that's that's good. So I think maybe we should get to know our our guest a little bit better here. LB, how about what do you what do you want to what kind of story do you want to tell? Do you want to tell the story of how? we met and started playing games. Do you want us to talk about maybe the first game you ever played or the first time you DM'd? Oh what do you gosh. think is interesting? What kind of, which one do you want to tell?
1: Well, I think we should tell how we first met because sure. that is, that is a woven <laughs> and interesting and very like odd story. So yeah. I work in an office building and my, as my day job. And <laughs> I, uh, we used to have an office dog named Zoe and, um, uh, Lucian's wife worked in the building below us Uh and, uh, they brought their dog Watson in Uh all the time and he would come up and play with Zoe every once in a while. And I just mentioned one time that I was a groomer, a dog groomer for 10 years. And, uh, she said, well, I mean, would you mind? And I'm like, no, absolutely (laughs) not. So I actually went over to Lucian's house and gave uh, him a haircut and- Not Lucian a haircut. Watson no, haircut. no, no! You don't want me to give you a haircut. <laughs> I'm not good at with people. Good with dogs, not with people. Um, so I gave Watson a haircut, and I mentioned something about D and D, and she's like, "Oh, my, my husband would just love that. He loves to play D and D." So she called him up, and we were chatting, and I mentioned if he ever needed me for a one shot or something, and it's like, "All right, cool." And then like two weeks later, you called me up for what was that? What game was that?
0: The very first one was probably Crips of Kelimvor was probably the very first one yeah there was a in fact as a good tie-in it was in Mm -hmm. a it was an adventure in the dragon magazine i saw it listed there and i thought oh i would i would really like to play this adventure and see how it they got a cool map they got a little Mm -hmm. cool concept let's see how it would play out and i called up and i thought yeah lb would be cool because she talked about she'd like to be in a game and Mm -hmm. we had um we had a fan of the show at the time who had been showing up quite a bit you know just you know that that guy that kind of does his thing now uh Endure adventurer yeah. and we had gray on there and mm-hmm. gray has been a long member of all the shows and all the games I was running and we, mm-hmm. we got them together and it was funny because the chemistry between you three was like knocked it out of the park. Even before we started, like you guys yeah. were doing character creation. I realized, Oh, there's something special going on here with these <laughs> this little crew that they're creating, Weird and from there, yeah, yeah, yeah. So go ahead, you can keep going from there. So yeah, you got to play in the show, and
1: yeah, that was a lot of fun. We I got to play a Unity, which I at the time and still I'm very much like, oh, a new race, I want to play that. That sounds like fun. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, we had a Unity, a uh, Dragonborn, and GB was a uh, Cobalt. I
0: think he was right. a cobalt, like a yeah. short little yeah yeah yeah. i was yes. pretty sure like a <laughs> alchemist or something i forget he's exactly, in chat yeah. he'll tell us
1: <laughs> so uh that was a lot of fun and then i i happened to message because Indor and i were working on our character backstory a lot for mm-hmm. this one shot which became like a three shot because that's how it works <laughs> because lucian huh. can't
0: do a one shot he never can get it all in one yeah <laughs>
1: <laughs> so i talked to Indor. i was like you know i'd love to you know if you ever decide to run something let me know and He's like, well, I've been thinking about, you know, I do this thing on YouTube, but I was thinking about running a game. And I was like, yeah, just, you know, hook me up. Let me know. And I joined that crew. And it's that everyone else there is so, it's so like woven how everyone met because Cyber is a fan of this show as well. Mm -hmm. He's on our Monday night show and he's on Thursday night there. Uh, Wings and RJ, they RJ met him through a voice actor's Facebook group I think and then Wings was part of an art community and and then we're all just so scattered across the world uh, off mm-hmm. the United States so it's we're, when we got to see each other at Gen Con for the first time and then later in the year we went to Wings wedding with mm-hmm. uh, her now husband Tyler and that was it's so weird how that happens on the you know the internet brings us all closer together yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah,
0: and that, and just this idea that there was a bunch of uh, of a separate people who said we like to role play, or we like to play Dungeons mm-hmm. and Dragons, or we like to play these other role playing games. Yeah. Hey, you guys want to play together? And you just start meeting these other people because once mm-hmm. you mention it, I think I think that like you had said something like maybe it was you watched Critical Role or something. And then I knew well if you like that, you must yeah. like role playing. So I was yeah, it's like yeah, if you ever want to play a you know role playing, and I was just getting into dungeon mastering at that time, so that was like oh. brand new. Because I'd always been a long-time player, but I'd never Dungeon Mastered. But those last few four years now, five years now, I've been mm-hmm. like, I'm just going to be the Dungeon Master so I can yeah. get more groups together. I didn't know And that's know that. been cool. <laughs> so, yeah, that's that's the whole emphasis of just trying to bring people together. Mm-hmm. And that's like the, su- the success story of a Dungeon Master when you can yeah. bring a group of players together and they go on to do other stuff too. Like they're, yeah. they're still playing things. They're still yeah. hanging out. They're going to weddings together. Yeah. They're meeting up at Gen Con. That's yeah. all the cool stuff. So I love yeah. it.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and then at Gen Con, we, we hung out a little bit. Yeah. Or you, well, we went to the creator meetup, which mm-hmm. was uh, like uh, out to the bar sort of thing. And then I met Jordan and I met some other people there. And, uh, and then we, you ended up leaving and, and then we, hung out later and Jordan was there and and then I bought Jordan uh Teens in Space which he still has not run for me
0: oh I know
1: <laughs> but yeah no it's yeah it's so weird how everyone comes together in this community it's so awesome too because I really have not met Maybe I've met one person that I'm like, you know what? I don't need to hang out with that person, <laughs> but yeah. everyone in general is just so nice and so interested. So.
0: Yeah. I feel like that's the the community right now is very outgoing and you can meet a lot of cool. I mean, you you can pass by somebody and you go, okay, you know maybe I don't want to play anymore with that person but it's so rare it seems yeah. to me now yeah and it doesn't seem to be as hard as it i feel like it used to be but for those of you that are out there saying i don't know what these two are talking about i can't <laughs> find a group to play in to save my life mm-hmm. i get it i understand i know yeah. the struggle mm-hmm. um what what helped me because when i looked around four years ago and i couldn't find anybody that wanted to play any of the games once I said I'm going to run a game and I started looking for people to play in it, that kind of got everything going and it got me into the community. And then I started meeting more people in the Kalamazoo area or mm-hmm. I started meeting more people in Michigan or I started meeting people that were at Gen Cons or conventions and stuff mm-hmm. and I, and I saw them not only at Gen Con but then I went to like Pax Unplugged and they were there at Pax Unplugged or something, you know. So yeah. it's you could really start to get into it if you just take that leap. So if you can't mm-hmm. find a group to join, Mm -hmm. be the person that creates that group be the dungeon master that gets starts getting things together so it's super cool
1: dungeon mastering is not as difficult as people think it is you don't have to be the one who has like pages and pages of notes when i run my uh homebrew game which i haven't done in a while but when i run it it's with a lot of people who don't know so i'm like all right well i'm gonna run you through a dungeon that i Mm -hmm. made like an hour ago and then i'm gonna Throw a dragon at you at some point and give you the full experience. They met a mimic. They met like all these different creatures. And it's, you don't have to go into too much detail. And there's so many modules out there that you can just like, hey, well, this says this, this says that. And it's just do it. Just get out there and do it. And don't be afraid of looking silly. That's a big thing for me. People who don't like go for it, just Mm -hmm. do it. Do the weird voices if you want. Don't if you don't. And just have fun because everyone's there to have fun.
0: I like what Death Angel has said here too. Is that it's very true? Once you decide you're going to DM, players start to come out of the woodworks. So they're just like, "What? Somebody, somebody's, somebody's going to run a game? I'm what? in." <laughs> they come from all over. <laughs> I was at. I I was wearing uh, this shirt. Uh, can we please play D and D now? Which with the Stranger's <laughs> That's Thing. Awesome. I was on my way to LB's game. Last month, so last mm-hmm. whatever Saturday we played, like three mm-hmm. or four Saturdays ago, I stopped to get gas and snacks to bring to the shame. And the the counter guy said, Hey, I really like your shirt. I'm always trying to find a group. And I'm like, Hey, just go to my channel. If I'm running, you know, one shots, I'll let you mm-hmm. in the group. So it was somebody who was a random store counter clerk. He yeah. was like, I like Dungeons and Dragons. Well, hey, come yeah. play. <laughs> you know, so just it was gotta say cool. something. Yeah, gotta
1: say something. But the first, when I was in, when I got to college, I really wanted to play D and D I had that itch and I saw someone sitting outside of my history class drawing a map. And I was like, Hey, what's that for? He's like D and D I'm like, do you DM? (laughs) (laughs) And that's how I found my college group. So, so just got to go for it.
0: Yep. Definitely. So we know a little bit more about LB. So maybe we'll jump back into what we have done in our previous week of Dungeons and Dragons, where there's been playing or DMing. Um, I, LB has a lot of cool stuff in there. So I'm going to let her take it away and I'll, I'll bring the show around towards the end here, but tell us a little bit about what is the typical LB week of role-playing games.
1: Okay. <laughs> so I, every other week I play in five games. Wow. Um, and uh, two of those shows are, are biweekly. So every other week, I play three. Mm-hmm. So every week, I play Mondays and Tuesdays on the Indoor Adventuring channel. Indoor Adventurers, we've rebranded. Um, and Mondays, we play a homebrew game where I play uh, Gwen. She is a halfling barbarian, a fighter now. Um, and we are running through a whole world of indoors making, which is really cool, really in depth. And it's really nice because I get to play the dumb character that is all like uh, emotion and doesn't give a crap about anyone. And uh, I mean, doesn't care about, you know, other people, just her friends. <laughs> um, her story is that she lived in a halfling society that was a lot like Hobbiton. Uh, because I'm super original, and uh, one day this uh, tribe of Goliaths came in and like took it over for two weeks, and all of the halflings were just like, "All right, that's fine, it's cool, you know, take what you want." Well, do you want me to rub your feet? Like they just rolled over, mm-hmm. and Gwen was like, "No, I don't want to be a part of that. I don't, I can't deal with that. I don't want to be the one getting stepped on. I want to go step on people." So she hid away in the Goliath bags and basically fought her way into getting a spot, and now she is spoilers. She's the tribe leader uh, because all of my characters have a mind of their own, absolutely. Because I went into the episode going, "You're not going to challenge this guy, you know? Don't fight him. That doesn't make any sense." And then as soon as the guy started talking, my character's like, "No, fuck you. Let's let's fight. <laughs> let's do this." So, um, yeah. So last week was a very tense moment. Because at the end, one of the characters died, oh. failed his saving rolls, and died. Died. Um, I don't think he's gone forever, mm-hmm. but my but Gwen does not process death with her friends because everyone's died and they're fine. <laughs> so I don't know how she's. I I'm not excited to get in that mind space of you know being upset. And one of the hags we were fighting hags. One of them got away. Mm-hmm. So. One's probably just going to go after them.
0: Nice. Recurring (laughs) villain. So, this is a 5e set. So, Mm -hmm. what level ish are you guys at about now?
1: We are at level eight. uh, So,
0: resurrection's possible. You know, bringing reincarnation stuff. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Except for it's our cleric that died. Oh well. Um.
0: <laughs> Hopefully their their church <laughs> will help them. Yeah, <laughs> their temple. Yes.
1: Oh boy, it's going to be something. I know <laughs> I know that they have something in the woodwork, and as Gwen, I don't have to worry about it because I don't. I can do magic now, but mm-hmm. only like I have bracers that let me thunderstep and that sort of thing. So nice. Uh, yeah. So that's our Monday night And game. that's a
0: homebrew, right? That's an indoors yeah. homebrew. Cool. Mm-hmm. Okay.
1: And it's a whole world of his making. And the, all the gods are different too, which is really mm-hmm. cool. He plays the, because the, one of the characters is a Shadar Kai, and he plays the Raven Queen. And mm. she is the spookiest mofo, like
0: yeah. all cracked
1: and deformed. And oh my gosh. I like, love
0: Raven Queen though. Oh my gosh. <laughs> my like,
1: favorite. I, <laughs> I've dealt with her before with other campaigns and it's like, Very stoic, and Mm -hmm, you know, she's mm -hmm. very pulled together. This one's like the creepy, like, uh, anyways, I can't talk about her. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but yeah, Tuesday nights is uh, we're playing Curse of Strahd. Okay, we're getting up there. We're by the end of the year, we'll be done, but Mm -hmm. um, we just got to the Amber Temple, which I hear is a big deal. Uh, again, I haven't played it before, um, but we have, um, I play uh, Silmi, who is a wizard, a um, half-elf wizard. And uh, Indoor plays my brother. It's run by Danae Keener of danaekeener.com. Mm-hmm. And uh, RJ's in it as well. Uh, and uh, Indoor and I play brother and sister, which is really interesting because he looks a lot like my brother does, mm-hmm. and he's super tall like my brother. And
0: <laughs> he is very tall. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we have, and he has sisters too, so we have this dynamic between us where we will bicker Mm
0: -hmm. and it's
1: so easy for us to just (laughs) like snip at each other and I have this thing with Sylvie where she she's very intelligent and she you know she has uh her it's a whole thing with her fiance is her familiar which is a uh tiefling um which who's actually a devil um (laughs) so there's this whole thing and but she lost her memory and uh so she doesn't remember Silmi anymore
0: mm-hmm. and
1: it's breaking Silmi's heart, but she also understands that there's so much more we have to deal with right now, then mm-hmm. that's something that we can, she can always, you know, they can always fall in love again. So, <laughs> but with Indoor and I, I, I have this thing with Silmi where I uh, pretend like I don't know something. Silmi pretends like she doesn't know something. So we, there was an episode where there was a bottle that Sylmi opened and then two people got sucked inside of it and they had to like work out their problems with each other and then they and then they can come out. And this week uh Sol-Me said, like, Yeah, remember we don't touch anything when we're in there. Remember when we were in that and uh, Kefris opened that bottle and they got sucked it and I was like, I'm pretty sure you did that. So it was like, No, that wasn't me. I don't <laughs> no, that wasn't me at all. So <laughs> no. And then we just start bickering so that yeah that's Tuesday night um so of runs- those
0: two campaigns how do you feel the dungeon mastering feel is so what what's the difference between the way indoor kind of runs a game and uh um I forget the name Denae Denae that's right yeah, Denae runs the other game
1: um I, they're very similar Denae is yeah. a very relaxed uh mm-hmm. DM just in the sense that she if you want to do something she's like oh yeah that's really cool or if if I want to try something like uh there's werewolves in um Barovia spoiler um and uh I have removed curse well it's really shitty for me to just go up and say you're not a werewolf anymore you're not a werewolf anymore and as a player that feels bad so to me like I'm sure that some people would find it like oh yeah easy cure but I wanted to make it more interesting and make it mm-hmm. like a process so like curing that curing you know curses you have to have components so you have to have a specific way to do it so we decided that you have to use the blood of the werewolf that bit them mm. to do it and the next episode like it we decided this and then the next episode one of the characters got bit so I was like, "All right, cool. We just have to find the one who, who bit him, and then we can cure him." And then she killed off that guy. <laughs> Strahd killed him, <laughs> and I was like, "What? No!" <laughs> Which is good because the character wanted to be a werewolf the whole time, so it, mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. the the player did. So
0: I, I want to be a werewolf hard. for yeah. sure. <laughs> oh my gosh! Yeah.
1: Um, I have, I, yeah. So Janae is all about making things interesting and making things uh, look and sound cool or like, uh, but making sure that it fits within things. She, she, she will put her foot down if she has to, but mm-hmm. we're not the kind of players that like to overstep our bounds in that way. Um, and Indoor is, he knows everything about everything. Like he is on his game when it comes mm-hmm. to stuff. And he's really good about creating um, NPCs that are so memorable to us Mm -hmm. we had in I want to say it was one episode it might have been two episodes like episode four and five or something of our campaign there was this character named Sten Fizeno he is a gnome he's an arborist he's an award-winning arborist and he is annoying af Gwen hates him (laughs) so but every once in a while his name will pop up. Like somebody will say something, and we're like, fuck Sten Fizeno, the award-winning arborist. And it's a, it's become a um, it's become a recurring thing in our Discord chat where somebody will say something, and then I have this picture that Danae drew, because she is an artist, mm-hmm. uh, of Gwen flipping off a gnome and says, Fuck gnomes. <laughs> and so I just post that because that's Sten Fiseno in that picture. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, so he's really good at NPCs. He's really good at building the story, and we do a lot of theater of the mind stuff, which is great. And but sometimes it's hard to keep track of things. And he's mm-hmm. very good if we're starting to get confused about where people are, where things are going. He'll like kind of like stop and set the scene, and like, all right, there's. We had a huge thing I think with red caps, where there was like three red caps, four other things, and two other and we just could not keep them straight. And I was mm-hmm. like, I'm just, I'm going to attack one of them. I don't care which one it is. I'm just going to yeah. attack the biggest one. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. That's so those good. are, yeah,
0: yeah. Um,
1: right.
0: yeah. So that's your, your Sunday, your Monday, that's my Monday and Tuesday. Tuesday. Cool. Now uh, what about games? I see something on there. You said about cypher system. Tell us about that.
1: Yeah. So that's on pro restarters channel. Mm. Um, pro runs a lot of games. I don't know if you've watched him, but mm-hmm. he, He's very good. He's so, he's one of those DMs that like is spooky. And he's like, every time he does something, you're like, please, please. (laughs) But it's so good. This drama, the drama. Um, But we run a game in the Cypher system called, um, it's an Afrofuturism, it's Phase. It's called Phase Mm because I always get the Cypher system and Phase confused. Um, And that game I play, so you have, your class is kind of your, um, it's a description of Mm. like the way you are. So I play a mad character and she is straight up crazy. Uh, She's super spooky. She is um, in this, and I don't know if this is uh, for all Cypher games, but uh, the world has been uh, melded. So like we have um, the map of the United or the the map of the world. And then there's just this like piece of earth that has just been like phased into existence Mm -hmm. in the middle of it. So, uh, there are pretty much any, as far as races go, you could be anything from like a centaur to a, to a giraffican to a human, to whatever. So, uh, I chose a Medusa and I chose a, um, uh, Uh, albino medusa Mm -hmm. so her snakes on her head are all white and they have uh like those pink eyes Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. they they hide in her hood all the time um and she loves them very much uh Mm -hmm. sometimes she buys hats for them uh she has completely black eyes and actually i i found a picture of the i'm not gonna remember what they're called but they are south african rappers uh the the girl is their brother and sister, and I'm cannot recall what their group name is. But I found a picture of her, and she's in all white and has like black scleral lenses on, and her eyelashes are even white. And I'm like, that's spooky and it's creepy, <laughs> and I want it. So, uh, Ophi is her name. Um, Ophi, Ophi, it's the the Greek word for snake. Okay. What her full name is, and mm-hmm. I can I don't use it. So, <laughs> but uh, she refers to herself as we because she has a yes. Uh, Diatwood, Artwood. Thank you, thank you, GB. Um, and uh, she has a best friend that she um, sees in mirrors. So he's like that, you know, in all those horror trait, like ho- horror films. There's like that you're looking in the mirror and there's something that kind of just shifts away. Mm-hmm. That's her best friend, and his name is Hesh. Mm. And uh, she. Loves him and will do anything for him. Uh, we found out a lot about Hesh and that he is actually real and not part of her imagination. Um, my trait. So you have your 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 trait, which is mad, and then I'm, I'm, this is not what they're called in officially in the game. But then you have your like sub class or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, Ophi's is consorts with dead. Mm-hmm. So Ophi can bring people back to life as zombies or she can talk to them. Or um, the last one I picked up was my last here was uh, that she can like talk to the spirits that are around. Um, so she can like go into a room and ask, hey, you know, what's what happened here? What's the vibe? What's the feel? Um, not that she talks like that, but um <laughs> But uh, she is, again, very spooky and very crazy. So when she speaks, she doesn't speak things um, straightforward. She always has a a roundabout way of saying things. And sometimes it gets confusing, um, which I like. (laughs) I like that sometimes she just sounds crazy. Um, She does collect heads Mm. because she can talk to them.
0: Sure. Sure. (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I just got to be as creepy as possible. Um, wow. She um she's yeah, like I said, she speaks she says she calls herself "we" because it's her and Hesh and her her snakes. So sometimes she says "me." Um, there was a point where she started going unmad. She started going sane again, which was really weird for me to play as her, cool. in her voice.
0: <laughs> yeah, Cypher System is really cool because you there's a lot of different things you can do with the Cypher System. It's like the underpinning of Numenera, The Strange, mm-hmm. um, Predation, all these other cool games. Mm-hmm. And I do like the idea, like when I made um, a Numenera character, they always had, you'd have your name and it'd be like the Strong Glaive who rides the lightning. So you have two big things there and strong gave you certain attributes and abilities and then rides the lightning gave you some other stuff. And then glaive was what you kind of did. But in the cypher, if you change the genre, so if you're going to do more modern genre, you might say a detective or, They might have different little classes that they're using. And if you're using Numenera, you have, you know, certain classes. If you're using the Strange, you have certain classes. So very fun. I love Monty Cook games a lot. I love playing those and running those games. So those are all fun. That was the first game I DM'd ever was a Numenera game when I wanted to do the very first one streamed Mm -hmm. online was a Numenera. So it's pretty cool. So we know Mm -hmm. that you're also Dungeon Mastering coming up pretty soon. In fact, we talked just before the show started next week. Mm Mm-hmm. Let's talk about LB's dungeon mastering prep because all dungeon oh masters have to somehow figure out how they're yeah. going to prep. They've heard the stories of what they think prep is, what they actually do, or mm-hmm. what they've heard other people do. Let's hear your version of what's going on. How do you prep your campaign or your story or your adventure? What's mm-hmm. prep are you doing for next week? Without spoiling,
1: because uh, oh, yeah. I'm a player. Oh, so, so, <laughs> so when i doing the... Um, the book prep, the module prep, is way different than what I do normally. Um, from the module, I'll read the chapter that we're going to go through, or the section that we're going through. Um, and this week, I'm going to start changing things slightly. Mm-hmm. Uh, you gave me a good tip last time, when because I have so much trouble with Wizards of the Coast names, the mm-hmm. names that they give their people, that I just I can't remember them correctly. Mm-hmm. And so I have to keep referencing. So uh, I think this week I'm going to start changing the names of the NPCs and yeah, making it easier for me. Yeah, make it easy. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I think I-, I usually go through first when I'm reading it. And how can I like tie this into the characters? How can I make it more? Uh, realistic for them personally, mm-hmm. before I, you know, it, I'll get ideas as I'm going. Like, you guys ran across a te- uh, tiefling last time. She worked for a wine master, and one of our characters owns a brewery. So I'm like, you know, this person, it makes sense. Like, just tie that in or uh, figure out how characters can, um, these NPCs can mess with the party or uh, cause some sort of feeling I guess whether it's turmoil or uh friendship or you guys fall in love with the character last week I threw in the um <laughs> I'm not savvy don't worry not yet I haven't got to that one yet um so last last time I threw in that uh the necromancer and in the book she is a uh lawful evil character and I played her off more as a you know, I'm just here. I'm just, I just want to do my research. Please let me live. And I don't really care about this stuff.
0: Yeah, we enough. talked about that in our show after <laughs> after it happened. We talked about the idea of sometimes pe- players will have a preconception of, oh, it's Necromancer, must mm-hmm. be evil. There is mm-hmm. That's just the correlation you make in Dungeons & Dragons. But yeah. our party, there was a, a majority of the party takes people on their actions at the moment, so a little bit out of the strain of normal dungeons and dragons, yeah, but we had the other player was kind of like just the normal type player you would get yeah. in anywhere, so it was like this struggle of wait a minute don't you guys want to stop evil and there 's like well she doesn 't really seem evil, shes kind of evil she 's like evil adjacent in some ways, and probably <laughs> could become very evil, but maybe if we control the evil it won't be mm-hmm. so bad and so there was this really funny. Um, interaction happening between the party and me as sitting back and watching the whole thing. I was like, all right, well, what I was interested in was how was the dungeon master going to handle this? Because mm-hmm. all of a sudden you're presented with the party has two differing ideas and you have to kind of say, okay, how do I help them resolve yeah. that? And how do I play the character in such a way that's fun and interesting um, and still roll with whatever ends up happening. So it was yeah. really cool because it, all of a sudden things just are off the rails because one little thing that you might've, done in this adventure and then moved Mm -hmm. on turned into a big story tying (laughs) element for our group so
1: yeah and i think it's important to especially because we were going through a dungeon and every room it's you know there's there's a thing or there's something you have to kill and i was like i am bored with this they're gonna get bored with this (laughs) so let's change it up let's give them something a little memorable some and like even the the last and I I guess what I'm saying is that the prep that I do has a lot to do with character development character Mm -hmm. creation that sort of thing because that's how I run things that's how my mind works so um having interesting people to deal with and finding out okay well how can I tweak this a little bit so that it's more memorable or more um enjoyable or funny I like doing funny stuff in my games, Mm -hmm. uh, as long as it doesn't derail too much. So that's a lot of it. And then I take, like physically what I do is I take notes, bullet points of like, this is the thing. This is what you have to do with it. Like These are the points that I want to get across with it. Mm -hmm. Um, I think the hardest part for me is um, time. How long is it going to take for us to do this, that, and the other? And I think that just comes with practice, Mm -hmm. Um, because it took us two sessions to get through the dungeon, Mm -hmm. and um, I I didn't know. So I just yeah, we ran
0: those sessions were about five hours.
1: Yeah, four or five. So they were
0: longer sessions. Like I'm used to like a three hour session because we're we're such stream players at this point that everything's kind of like a three or maybe a four hour. But even if Mm -hmm. it's a four you might only get three and a half in with breaks and stuff. Yeah, so, yeah. so you're you're prepping for a three and a half hour segment to try mm-hmm. to get stuff done. Whereas the home games have ran longer. So definitely yeah. those are a bigger thing. So that's what I was wondering is how much you're prepping ahead or how far do you think they're going to get? or, or how, I have no so, idea. Yeah. Yeah, have <laughs> it,
1: I, it's better to over prep than under prep. Sure. And if you, if you do under prep, send them on a stupid mission or something like yeah. make up something on the spot. You know, it's okay to fight. have a short session. It's <laughs> okay oh, yeah, if you
0: go through everything you did and everybody did it in two hours, just be like, Hey guys, that was awesome. That's what I had prepped. Yeah, let's hang out and talk about other cool yeah. stuff, but I'll have to prep for next session. I'll yeah. try to prep a little more the next time, or we'll mm-hmm. see what happens. And yeah. players will always be on your side when, you, when yeah. you're doing that stuff, so you don't yeah. have to worry about it too much. Well, that's super I think,
1: cool. yeah, I think that most, at least in our groups, if there's that downtime. Mm-hmm. There's that nice moment where you can have characters talk to each other and develop that more because yeah. uh, like when we were running through Curse of Strahd we it, like it was 5 days or something and it was 20 episodes in 5 days mm-hmm. or within that time period and so we're all like can we just like take a nap like mm-hmm. so- Somebody said something about arcane recovery. I'm like, do you think I have I could I have a transmutation stone that I can't make because I don't have eight hours to sit. Okay. Like, I don't know what this arcane recovery is you're talking about because I don't have time for that.
0: Mm-hmm. So very cool. So those are your games. Um anything else? Yes. Mary to talk about my games. You got more? I do have more. All right, let's keep going. That was only three. Let's let's put it on there.
1: I, I'll do it quick on Fridays. I do Ghost of Saltmarsh Marsh uh, with mm-hmm. berries every other week on Dammit Berry's channel. I run. I have a um, a Triton uh, mm-hmm. character who is the moral compass, and I love her. Uh, mm-hmm. she, it's very difficult to. We are the moms of the group. Me and. Um, and uh, Satan is the other uh, <laughs> girl who's in it, and she uh, we're we're the moms, and we oh you're doing such a good job, and that sort of thing. And then
0: uh... yeah, I've played a couple of campaigns with Satan quite a bit, and she is very fun to play with. She has yeah. some really cool characters. Yeah. that she does.
1: Yeah, GB's in that too, and mm-hmm. uh, Lazy Bones, and it, they're it's just a good group of people. Um, and then every other Sunday, I do uh, I do double duty with uh, Monster of the Week with uh, mm. Savvy who is in chat. Uh, she is our, uh, what is it? It's not Game Master. Story writer, so whatever it is. <laughs> she runs the game mm-hmm. uh, on uh, G Game Night's channel with a K. Um, and I play a expert. I play Abby. She is uh, an 18-year-old junior in, high- in college. At keeper, she's the keeper, um, and Abby <laughs> is uh, very intelligent. Last week, we started a we did some quick play, and then we started a new, um, a new story arc. Uh, my character mm-hmm. uh, has this longtime friend that she's had, who kind of got her into the whole uh, hunting monsters thing, and she uh, has had feelings for him, and she just like they're both super awkward. It's very anime. Very like oh we touched hands. um So this week she decided to finally kiss him, and then she ran away because hmm. that's how she felt in the moment. And then she <laughs> called her friend and she's like, "I kissed him." Blah blah blah. He's like, "So," and she's like, "You yeah, do?" Yeah, I said, like "Panicking." It was super cute. <laughs> so yes, those those are all my games.
0: <laughs> awesome. So lots of playing. You're dungeon master and a few here. Mm-hmm. Super cool. So me i feel i feel i don't know a little inadequate at the moment i've got like two things going on at the moment but um, and one of them was rescheduled for this coming up week so my monday night is a seeking Revenor campaign that i'm doing which is like a a big west marches style game and we have lots of players in it but right now we're down to our core group Mm -hmm. and we've got a big battle coming up so i've a couple of people have said, well, I'm not going to be there. Just go ahead and play without me. But on this session, I kind of decided I really wanted everybody there. I didn't feel yeah. like I wanted them to miss the big thing that's going to happen. So we've been putting it off for a few weeks. Mm-hmm. Hopefully this Monday, finally, we're going to get to get to it. It really ties into the big story of what's going on in Seeking mm-hmm. Revenor. And it opens up the world because I've got this big map, but they think it's big. When in reality, it's just a really small corner that goes to a much bigger map that Lucian made. Because I love world building, and I love thinking of all these things, and I want them to start getting out into the world. It's going to be really cool. So that's a a 5e game. But I did get to play, again, um, you guys have been hearing it, for all of you that show up to the show every week, that I love Tomb of Annihilation. I think it's the best 5e campaign that Wizards put out um we're still in the tomb we're still having a lot of fun the party we have has the greatest of dynamics and we have the greatest of characters and we have a Mm -hmm. lot of cool stuff and our dungeon master danimal dm is our australian dungeon master it's always fun to have an australian dungeon master and it's been really good what i like about it is though we feel like we're getting towards the end and some of us have we're already thinking about what do we want to do past this right we're like how we got to survive this if we survive it we get out of here What is our characters going to do next? Because they're really starting to grow on us. We've taken them from basically, I think we really started at second level, maybe third level. Mm -hmm. And then, yeah, just moved right up. And we're into ninth (laughs) level, almost getting closer to 10th and that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. And they really grow on you the longer you play. So I really like that. But for my prep, kind of bringing it back around to the prep. Now me the one thing that you guys all do really well, and I think, uh, indoor does it and a lot of even pro and, uh, like all the people i'm watching you play with a lot of the good dms out there that are streaming they always do really good with their npcs and i know it's a weak point for me as a dungeon master Mm -hmm. to have that compelling npcs so that's always something i'm trying to work on but my prep ends up being i think about what our session is going to be and i'm doing a lot of stuff on roll 20 so i'm setting up my prep ends up being a little bit of the story points but a lot of get the map ready get the tokens ready get the lighting ready Mm -hmm. um think about how the uh, encounter are going to go because i play a very tactical game yeah i love the idea of the fights i love the idea of the abilities that are firing off and the players Mm -hmm. getting to do those things and so i like to dive into that and those are my prep always ends up i know how long a fight can take i know how big something should be and i'm really struggling with what cr rating should these things be or not be yeah um so those are the kinds of things i'm doing now if it's campaign prep West March's campaign prep has a lot to do with building tables that you roll on so that when players go to those, you roll to see what's going to happen in them. So a lot wow. of times I might have done prep where I'm building um, random tables to to just deal with them moving around. Yeah. Or overall campaign and story building where I'm trying to figure out what's, what's going on in this world that's interesting. Mm. Because there's got to be, I, I learned from kind of listening to Matt Coville and listening to Adam Coble, which are my heroes for Dungeon Masters, There's got to be conflict so that the players have something to resolve. You know, that's the whole point of the thing. And I want a world that reacts to what they've done. And I want Mm -hmm. it to be consequences for actions in such a way that there's no right answer. You either do this or this and the world reacts to one of those and both are good choices, but you can only do one. You can only be in one place at one time. So Mm -hmm. I'd like to, to try to do that. Or I like to try to flip, um, stereotypes on their head as far as like you meet an orc tribe and the and the first thing that a player might do to Judges and Dragons game is think, Oh, orcs, we're gonna have to fight orcs. Yeah. But I like this idea that maybe you don't fight the orcs. Maybe they're they're a good tribe and they're good yeah. people. Yeah. But it's these other things. The elves are maybe the more evil group. Or in fact, in my campaign, the evil person's a druid. You know, who thinks the druid's evil? Well, this druid is very evil. He doesn't like anybody. <laughs> so it's just, I like to flip those things around. Darklings were good people in, in my campaign. And we were trying to do a little bit of a flip there. Yeah, yeah. Um. So just, and present to them conundrums that they have to figure out how does my yeah. character react to these things then trying to bring in backstory. that's the one hard part that I, I love to do it when you can get a good backstory thread yes. into your campaign session. Mm-hmm. Um, one little tidbit, like your long lost brother shows up or that mm-hmm. recurring villain that you guys have totally forgot about from session one is already back on session number 22. And wh- how did that happen and what is going on? Those yeah. type of moments are the best, but they are hard to do because if you have four or five or six characters like on our Sunday game with you... We've yeah. got a lot of characters, so how are you going to be able to tie in little tidbits of everybody's background yeah. when there's so many players and it takes so much time? So that's a that's a big thing to try to do. But if you could pull it off, dungeon masters and game masters out there, mm-hmm. it really becomes memorable for yes. your for your players. So mm-hmm. that's kind of what I'm doing. I prep basically for the session. Mm-hmm. I prep. I probably now my prep is probably right now about. Two hours, mostly because I'm making maps and tokens and doing lighting. Yeah. What about you? For how much time have you spent to prep for next Saturday's game?
1: Um, I usually try to break it up, um, Mm -hmm. because I want to make sure that I can go back and remember it. And I'm trying to reference the book less now that we're not in a dungeon. I don't (laughs) need to read what happens in every room, and Mm -hmm. um, because I didn't build it, so it's uh. I've I've gone back a couple times and I think when I sit down and like write it out, it'll probably be like an hour or so.
0: Okay. So you spend about an hour. Yeah. That's not bad. No, that's not bad. (laughs) All right. Cool. Well, that brings us right to the end of our show and just like Jordan yeah. always tells me we can't go too long he likes to end it right on the dot so
1: on I want to say
0: thank you to everybody who has showed up and came over from the YouTube channel all the fans of LB mm-hmm. that showed up to to watch us do a show I want to say thank you to LB for being here and sharing her dungeon mastering experience and her player experience with us and she'll be on a lot of our shows you'll see her on my channel you'll see indoors channel your mm-hmm. pros channel Uh, just all the people. We all all play and (laughs) and work together so it's it's great. Jordan's channel you know. We've got some good stuff coming up in 2020 where I'm sure we're going to see some things because Jordan's been talking about running us through a game. I think he was talking about running us through either a DCC game or he was talking about running us through the teens from space game Mm -hmm. or something like that. I know we'll have GB and, Mm -hmm. and, uh, RB all all the bees, all the bees get to come on the show (laughs) and have a great time. So that's what we have for today. Thank you for showing up once again, and we will see you next week on the Saturday morning D and D show.
1: Thanks. Bye. (laughs)